Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and today's guest is the wonderful Emmy Ikwaker to talk all about his latest movie, Moonfall. Um, and within this film, you're you're playing a character who's head chief of staff within the Air Force, and and that comes to into play narratively, you know, in the majority of his story and so many aspects of of who he is as well. Um, and so I was interested in some of the research that you did in that regard to really understand a lot of the day to day of your character, so that when he's facing these very exceptional circumstances, you could understand kind of how he was going to respond to certain things that he's facing throughout the film. Yeah. Um, well, first off, um, with the character, because do I have any, I don't have any like military background. So uh, a lot of the help, we had a person on set to help with that in regards to just sometimes like posture, um, you know, how would you sometimes say things. Um, but one of the things that actually helped was, sad to say, was the pandemic um, because we had to quarantine for two weeks uh, before I had to be on set. So we filmed in Canada and uh, the whole thing with my character and Holly's character is that they're divorced. And one of the things that I really wanted to feel was one, why did they get divorced? And um, with the quarantine and why it helped was because basically I knew that I was going to be there for two weeks. Um, so what I did was I got in touch with my trainer and um, I got in touch with uh, the travel department for the project and they put in a gym in my second bedroom of the hotel that I was in so I couldn't leave. And I literally told my trainer, I'm like, look, all I can do is work out. And the reason why I wanted to do that was because I needed to throw this character into a situation where he had to do things on his own. And the reason I felt that was important was because when you get divorced and living on your own, you have to start doing these things on your own. And I wanted a trainer who was basically, um, he was sending me workouts and he'd ask me if I needed any questions. I needed that I had no help. I needed it that he was in the mindset that he had to work out for four or five hours a day, even if he was tired. And I would do this every single day for two weeks. And I brought nothing with me. I literally brought my script and my computer. They were like, bring a, uh, like your Netflix password and all that other stuff. I was like, I don't want that. And I literally put my script on my pages, like on my windows. So literally I had to live in this character for two weeks. And it made me realize very, about I think day seven, it's like, oh yeah, the reason why he chose work over his family is because this is the only thing that he can do it was hard at some point you have to just rely on the people that you are around for hours and hours and hours on um throughout the day um so i was able to do that and then the second thing was i was just taking notes from the script there was a there's a part in the script that said um one of the characters says he he's a lot but he's a good man and I was able to with that play with the idea that like I can be this hard nosed individual and you can see the hardness and you can see that like this guy is kind of blinded about what's around him that he, so you could see the reason why he he no longer is married and why his his kids are his kid is not really talking to him that much because I knew at the end, I knew this character had to make the decision of, I have to save my, like, lean on my wife to save the world. And so I, I didn't want to give the audience any type of that information. I wanted them to see the divorce, especially because 
you'll find this out later. Um, but me, me and Holly and my son, we actually never had scenes together. It was all over the phone, so I had a reader. So when I showed up, and because of quarantine, I couldn't actually communicate with them. So I had to build a relationship with Hallie and my son, who I've never known. And so what I was able to do was a uh, day before I left, um, maybe before Hallie's last day and my first day, we kind of overlapped by one day. So what I did was I was able to read opposite her for her scene so I can get her cadence down. And then with my son, I was able to do a Skype call with him and his parents over Zoom so I could at least get an idea of like, who are these people that I'm talking with? Um, and so with all of these kind of elements, I, I, was, I was trying to tell the best story that I could, I guess, with, with Doug Davidson and his, and his situation. But it, like for me, like it took a team of like trainer, my even a person with meditation to make sure to like stay calm in these situations um, when the world is coming because he has to take care of all of these um, elements. Like I, I couldn't afford to be scared. I had to be more scared for my son, who I hadn't seen, than, than this big meteor, or I guess, moon that's coming towards Earth. And I wanted to jump off the back of that, you know, because this is someone who kind of has a skill set, you know, for better or worse in compartmentalizing things and really kind of putting walls up around himself, it seems. But within the scope of the film, that actually becomes one of his biggest assets that he's able to kind of process everything with the fact that he can compartmentalize it. He can still make really kind of logical and considered decisions. He's not rushing into anything that he's doing, you know, even when it comes to a point later where he has to make a huge decision about his family, which you were kind of alluding to earlier. Um, and so I was interested in kind of how you thought about the walls that he brings up and the way that the majority of the time that that's not an asset to him as a character and that's probably one of the things that caused distance between him and Hallie's character and their marriage yeah. um but also at the same time it ends up becoming something that really serves him in this particular set of circumstances yeah I think the walls that he had to had to bring was he had to only he had to be in control of the things that he was in control of. he wasn't in control with the relationship with his wife He's not in like, and even at the very beginning, like my first scene is like, I'm calling to see what's going on with the world and what's going to happen. And it immediately turns into a fight because at the end of the day, the walls is actually his intimacy with, with Hallie's character, but there's just this huge disconnect. And because of that disconnect, and now it affects the walls that he has with the son that he hasn't seen a son in so long that at the end of the day, you know, he didn't even have a chance to really say goodbye. And with all the details that you were you were kind of talking to and, and all of the aspects that you were building up for this character, especially when it came to the marriage, because like you said, you and Hallie didn't have that face-to-face -face time early on to really figure that out. Um, was it something where Roland Emmerich, the director of the film, where the two of you had much chance to connect? Um, or was it very much about the way that he gives a lot of freedom? Because I know that he kind of opens up that space and gives you a lot of autonomy with characters. Well, that one, um, with Hallie, I had worked with her on stamp before and so the thing that helped a lot with Hallie's character was the fact I knew I knew her work so I could be like okay I could I could imagine what she's going to do in the scene and especially the day before well the day before my first day where I wanted to read across from her 
I was like, okay, how can I match it with what she's done before to what she's currently doing with this movie? Um, and then also, um, uh, uh, they were able to set me up with the Zoom with my son for two hours. So any resources that I needed, any resources that I was trying to do to get into character, they did. Um, especially, like I said, the, the, the gym in the second bedroom. Like anything that I needed at my disposal was was available. And then especially with my with my scenes, like a lot of my stuff wasn't CGI, if you can see. Like it was kind of you the thing that you're walking into is the way that this set looks. So, you know, when I'm walking into this bunker, it looks like I'm walking into a bunker. So it was really cool to just immerse myself in that world really easily. Um, so I didn't have to play with a lot of that. What I'm usually having to do is imagine well, what it would this look like. When you are working on projects where you're kind of in much more of the, the CGI VFX space, you know, with this, it's more just about understanding, well, what's the world going to look, you know, what does the world look like outside of that bunker? What's the idea behind all of that? Um, you know, but this isn't the first time that you've been on a project that, that leans heavily into that scope. Do you find when you get to work in, in VFX heavy projects, though, that it kind of distills acting down to like that really raw bones of like what it is that attracted you to the craft in the first place, which is very much about imagination and play and really concocting a lot of things for yourself yeah um so one of the reasons why i even got into this industry was uh i started off in sports and when i stopped doing sports i still wanted to do something physical um and a lot of the stuff that i did you know growing up was watching like growing up like, these big high budget films I'm like and the matrix like the matrix for me was just a game changer and i was like i want to do that so being able to still continually to use my physicality and I, I consider like sports 2.0 has, has really been a blessing. And um, also on top of that with, uh, with this world, with usually like CGI is, yeah, I can, I can imagine it, but it's, 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 it's gonna be kind of a weird reality, but the audition, the, the self tape for like auditions is almost to me the exact same because when you're self-taping for an audition, all you have to do is imagine. Because you're usually reading it and, and it's, you're like, hey, this person's here, that person's there, this person has to react in this type of way. It makes you kind of play with your imagination so much more. And you get to react off of your own imagination. Um, so to me, you know, acting face-to-face -face is very similar to me acting with somebody that's not there a lot of times because I always have to be like, well, what are they doing? But then how are they reacting? And then what is my opinion on the way that they're reacting? And you could really kind of go in any elements. And the good thing about Brolin is, and uh, a lot of directors is, they could kind of scale to be like, all right, it's not that big, but it's around here. So they kind of give you the parameters on where to play. And anywhere inside of that you know, scope is, is, is okay, as long as it's appropriate. And with this film in particular, and what you were just saying about acting where, you know, alongside someone who isn't there and going back to what you were saying about the scenes with Hallie, the scenes with his son, yeah. um, you know, it's kind of interesting because there's the aspect of those scenes as well, where 
you know, you're acting with someone who isn't within the scene more than you're acting with other cast members who actually are in the room with you, um, which when you step back is kind of an interesting dynamic. And so it's just interested in, in kind of like how that impacts you, where it's like you do have other cast in the room, but you're not necessarily interacting and feeding off of them because it's all off screen somewhere else. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Like the person that I actually had to build um, a rapport with was the reader because I had the same reader throughout. So it's almost like, how can I establish a relationship with this person that also mirrors the relationship that I'm going to be having with Hallie or my son? Because a lot of my, almost, what, 80% of my stuff is over the phone. <laughs> Basically talking to her like, hey, what's going on? We need this, we need that. And so, again, it's, it's, it was good to hear that voice off stage because it's also, you're, just, you're also trying to find that voice. You know what I mean? So a lot of the scenes, I'm just like, well, where is my son? Or where are you? Or where, what, what is happening on your guys' journey in this story? And having that voice in the background, it always made me input in my mind, like, yes, you're searching for that voice. You're searching for this individual who you can't see in the scene, who's driving across Colorado trying to find safety. And in terms of other aspects of your character, you know, we see him in a, in a lot of kind of very straight face, serious situations, obviously because of his position and what's yeah. happening. Um, but, you know, there are kind of like those little moments that allude to other sides of him. You know, the opening of the scene, we hear Halle Berry referencing like, oh yeah, like did karaoke to this song at my wedding. So we know that that was part of their dynamic together as well. And so what are some of the, the facets that you wanted to build into him that really kind of carried forth that, even if that's not necessarily the side of him that we're seeing throughout your performance on screen? Yeah, one of them was especially the conversation with my son on the plane. And I think at that moment, I was like, you, at some point you have to be able to show the love for your son because if there is none and there isn't that playful but it's also there's the playfulness of this of the, having the conversation with my son but there also had to be the element of like this regret that i that i i know that i have not talked to you enough and i'm trying to savor that moment a little bit this this guy the entire movie is 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 here in regards to his job on this on this race, but he's here with his family and he's trying to play catch up as much as possible. So even though he's trying to have these tender moments, there it's just there's still this weird disconnect. It's like this father that's trying to be a good father, and 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 the world is at the exact same time is ending. So it's like how do you kind of massage both at the exact same time? Yeah. And and this is definitely kind of a, a spoiler plot point, but he ultimately ends up in a position where he has to make a decision in order to get from here to here, like you were just saying, you know, he ends up having to make a decision where he knows that him and other people are going, not just potentially, but like will die if he makes this choice, but that it's in favor of that journey back to his family and also, you know, obviously saving other people, but it feels like the primary reason behind that decision is, is focused on his family. Um, and so how did you want to kind of arc out that space where he does get further back to it and he does get closer to what he wants. And, and that decision is kind of the moment that he really sees the opportunity to make that connect, even though it's not about being in the room with them and connecting with them in person, that there's something that he can do for them. Really kind of just kind of circling back kind of in the beginning is like I wanted I knew I knew where he was going to end up. So one of the elements was 
I saw that the moon was, of course, the threat and the antagonist of the story, but I also found that my character was also slightly the antagonist in the story as well. Um, even though he seems like a good guy, he's also the one that's kind of holding possibly back Hallie from, and the other astronauts with John and Patrick of doing their job. So I want to make sure to give that story with Jane, uh, with Hallie and everybody, their space. So I decided to be like, look, if they're saying that you're going to be a lot, then be a lot. Like be straight laced, be focused. So at the end, they don't see that you can make this decision that you will actually agree and fall for your wife. And I'm uh, sorry, not fall for your wife, even though he is in love with her still. Um, he, uh, at the end, he wants to believe that for this one time that his wife might be telling the truth. And so that, that conflict had to consistently somewhat be there because if, and, and, and little kind of push and pulls here. So seen in the plane, um, where he, again, when he's talking to his son, but then he switches over to talk to, um, Joe Fowler, Halley's character saying that like, look, I've done this thing for you. Can you, you know, do this thing for me. Um, and that's moving to Colorado to keep you safe. So there's these elements that he has to keep kind of going back and forth on, uh, which, which he attempts to do, but I think he doesn't fully come to fruition until the very like second to last scene where the phone just cuts out and he realizes that the gate is closing and that they're not going to be able to make it in and chances are that they're going to die. So his decision was more about, I have to trust Hallie, Joe Fowler's character at this point, because if I don't, I'm never going to see my son again. I'm never going to see my wife. Everybody could be dead, but there's a 1% chance that this could work. So I'll take the 1% chance over anything else. And you've talked about how whenever you're looking at potential projects and characters that it's all very much about, you know, the excitement actually and the joy of finding what that next challenge is going to be. And so when you were looking at the script for Moonfall and looking at this character, what were the opportunities for challenges that you saw that really excited you? <laughs> the fun, it's so funny. Like, <laughs> one of the, uh, first off, when you, when you get a script from Roland Emmerich and they say that they want you for it, you're like, yes. So, so that was, that was one of the things that was more, um, um, filling it out. It's funny. The one thing is, is it's kind of a joke is being clean shaven. Um, <laughs> like my beard is like my other, it's like my arm. And so one of the things that, which is funny, which is a challenge was, I was like, cool. If you're going to do this, um, you have to shave your beard right away and you have to see what's underneath that. And you have to see yourself in a different way because I, I like, it was like, I think eight years maybe since I'd shaved it been clean shaven and seen what's under that. So when I shaved it and I saw what's under that, I was like, all right, you have to get to you. You have to get used to this and what character would have this. So that's even where I kind of started a lot of the training was just like, all right, where can you get to a spot where you recognize the face that's in front of you? And then with that, even with the script, it's like, of course, with the clean shaven with military. Um, uh, 
one of the, I think the biggest challenge was for me, um, and it's not, I won't even say it's technically with, with the, it wasn't really with the script. It was, it was more the process of knowing that you're going to have to do this scene without Hallie or my son and building the prep around that. Um, that was, that was really the main process for me. Cause I think if you, if you read through the script, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty like, I think self-explained really. Um, but it was, it was, it was that nugget that really kind of excited me into this process and how, how this was going to go down. Well, congratulations on, on the movie and overcoming the clean shaven faced aspect of your character. <laughs> really, really appreciate your time today, Emmy. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Have a great day. All right. <laughs>